This is the Great Groups Podcast. Today, we're doing part two of Great Conversations, How to Lead Your Group in Discussing Matters. You're listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Our goal is to equip small group leaders at Brook Hills and beyond to make disciples through effective group ministry. You'll hear from Jay Gordon, who has more than 30 years of experience in leading church small group ministries. And he'll be joined by Chris Amaro, one of the small group leaders for the Church at Brook Hills. And often, you'll also enjoy interviews with other small group leaders. So, enjoy the commute, and thanks for listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Okay, Chris, we haven't talked baseball in a while. How are the Red Sox? Um, You know... (laughs) It's kind of funny. They're surprisingly in the top of the wild card race. I don't know how it's happened because it's been a, dr- a dreadful year. <laughs> well, yeah, the Braves had a good 14 game run, but um, that's pretty impressive. You know, lost to the Dodgers last night. We were within one pitch with when one strike of a win and blew it all. Mm. So, anyway. mm. Speaking of baseball, you did something pretty amazing recently. Yes, I finished my 30th baseball city. I have seen. Each team play a home game in their city. That's incredible. That is really incredible. Finished up in San Francisco, and it was lots of fun. And I asked you uh, recently, I was like, so has this been like a five-year thing, 10-year thing? You were like, nope, more like 25. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I had just visited baseball parks, you know, as I had uh, church-related travel or family travel or whatever, and and thought at one point, hey, I've done seven or eight. Why don't I just do them all? And yeah, keep it going. Yeah. yeah. Somebody told me I needed to slow down on my bucket list. And I went, hey, I don't have to die when I finish. I can. <laughs> hey, we're we're going to start national parks now. You know, Liz and I are going to go out of the national parks. I'm I'm not planning to die anytime soon. So. <laughs> That's cool. And I don't have cancer or anything that I know about. You know. <laughs> so yeah. oh, all right, so favorite ballpark. Just got to ask. Oh, man. I know you're a Red Sox say fan. Fenway. You want Come me to say, say Fenway. Fenway. Everybody <laughs> says Fenway. I'm going to pull a rabbit out of the hat. Literally, I'm wearing a hat that says Fenway Park on it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to pull an unsuspected rabbit out of the hat huh? and say, I really enjoyed Detroit. Okay. Yeah. It, I mean, they had a lot of nice historical things. And I must confess, as people ask me that question, the temperature, the crowd, so many things come into – I know they affect me. But I will say at Fenway – I bought a single ticket on a secondary market and sat where the season ticket holders sit. And I sat beside this elderly gentleman who had been to every game for the last 40 years. Wow. And the whole course of the game, he's telling me the history and this about the park, that about the park. I mean, if it was a paid tour, I would have paid $500 for I was the value. Say, he was a I museum got. himself. Yes, he yeah, was. That's he incredible. Was. So it, it turned out great. So, so that's the Detroit Tigers. For yeah, our listeners who yeah. may not know. <laughs> Man, they have this great big tiger, like two-story tiger statue out front. And it was wow. uh, it was really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really enjoyed that one. Huge achievement. Yep. All right. Well, we started a conversation. Speaking of conversations, yeah. we were conversing last week uh, about great conversations. There's a document that I put together that's available to you guys at brookhills.org slash leader resources. And I encourage you to to grab that and maybe share it with your group once a year. August is always a great time to do that. And, um, you know, we'd gotten, you know, one through nine on this list. We've got 10 through 16. And Chris had just said, man, I'm looking forward to the next one. And I said, let's don't do it. Let's save it <laughs> yeah. for next week. And so here we are. So um, that was a good volley. Yes, it was good. <laughs> and number 10 is volleys. And I've got 
two rules of three that I want to share here. And I won't necessarily read this one, but I will say this. If the small group leader makes a point, uh, does some teaching and leaves some room for some discussion, and three different people have spoken, quite likely that's enough. You know, I, I just want to, you know, communicate to people that are that are members of the group. And by the way, this document is designed for group members, not just for leaders. And so that's a reason you might share it with your group. But uh, just let them know, you know, as you as they read this, if you cover it with them, if three people have kind of spoken on the subject, subject, it's probably been covered. So if you're going to be number four, make sure you're going in a – It's got to be really it's good. It's got to be really good <laughs> and really relevant. And so um, – and the second rule of three is this. If during the group meeting you have spoken up and shared something three times, you've probably had your turns. <laughs> so, I got gotcha. you. Gotcha. So I, I know you've never had any problem with any of these, Chris, no. right? No, no. Never. Yes. Not, and, not with my group. Yeah. Maybe, maybe in other groups. You know, one um, – I tell people that visit our group, I think I said this last week, I love for our, our group meetings to have at least 50% discussion and just, you know, hey, if you're looking for a lecture, this is probably not the place, you know. But um, we had like 75% discussion. And, um, you know, we talked last week about, you know, people enjoyed transparency. Well, I'm going to be transparent. Um, uh, Sunday morning, we, we were doing a two-week series on evangelism. And some folks were going to teach that for us that uh, we're thinking about using in some other groups to kind of um, travel around and focus on evangelism with, with different groups. But um, we were in week two of that, and their child got COVID. And so they said, hey, can we do it? online, you know, just to zoom in. And so we, uh, we tried to do that Sunday morning and like a good leader, I went in and set up everything before a group, had it ready to go. And then I realized every time you do that, your computer times out by the time you're past the prayer time or whatever and ready for discussion and old discussion. And yeah, (laughs) Murphy catches up with you with technology. And, you know, I, I usually call myself pretty good, but to be honest with you, when I'm in front of a group and something goes wrong, a little part of me just panics. <laughs> I don't do the logical thing. But um, fortunately, I've got a guy in my group now uh, that just says, he'll say to me, okay, do this, do this, do this, and and he'll make everything good for us. But um, we tried a couple of things, and when I looked up and saw my internet connection was gone, I didn't think that Zoom was going to work very mm-hmm. well. You no. know? So I folded my computer and said, okay, we've got 45 minutes left, and we're going to have a discussion time. And um of course, we got to talk about the Supreme Court ruling, you know, that mm. come out that week. And man, I wish we could devote a podcast to that. Maybe, maybe later. Who knows? But yeah, a lot of important things there. But rules of three, uh, just remember those in thinking about volleys. Number 11 is correction. And it says this, be kind and patient about correcting error. Now may not be the best time. Trust the group leader to navigate those issues either now or privately later with the person. And so... Um, you know, Ephesians 4.29 is important there, and it just encourages us to uh, be careful what we say and how we say that. So, um, you know, Chris asked in the, in the prep time, now, now explain that one to me. What do you mean? And I said, well, I was in a meeting one time when I had a person say something, and I realized while she was saying it, it uh, you know, that's, that's not exactly right. But in analyzing who she was and the relationship to the group and everything, I thought, yeah, I'm. Liz and I are going to talk to her later about that. Now in front of the groups, not the time. Sure. Well, we had a person in the group, this guy who everything was black or white, and he decided to uh, dress that down in front of the group. 
Mm. And I'm going, dude, you just killed her. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, just know if you're a person, you know, that, that, you know, things seem to be black or white all the time. Uh, trust the leader to, to speak with that person later and, and it, just be patient. You know, it may be just be the makeup of my group. Um, we're all elementary parents. Um, and maybe we just get beat down enough at home that, we, <laughs> we, if, you know, if something's clearly wrong, you know, it, it'll be addressed privately, like you said, but, um, yeah, I just haven't done a whole experience <laughs> with that yes. happening in ours. Yes. So, Hey, uh, that's something new for me to, to yeah. think about, you know? Yeah. Hey, it might come one day, but, um, you know, I, I referenced Ephesians four twenty nine, and it says this, do not let any, any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Ephesians 4.29. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're never to correct a person, but there's sometimes a time and a place and a method, you know. So, um, yeah, let's just just be careful. And the things that come out of our mouths um, build people up. And we we can sometimes build people up with correction, but be careful when we do that, how we do that. And if you're a group member, trust the leader. So. All right, Chris, you want to take the next one? Yeah, so next, uh, number 12 is rabbit trails. Uh, so rabbit trails uh, begin when we respond to a part of someone's comment that isn't on the main trail. Uh, the key here is to make sure that you are aware of the main trail and stay on it. So The main rabbit trail or the, the main, main? The main rabbit trail. <laughs> have you ever hunted rabbit? Uh, yes, I have. I've, I've, I've heard that it's fun and engaging, um, but you have to have the right dog for it, apparently. Oh, we just walked through a field and stirred them up and shot at them as they ran. Which I use for for uh, ammo. Four ten. Oh, nice. Uh, my brother probably used a twenty gauge. But I was I was young, followed him around. They didn't give me the big twenty gauge. <laughs> you know, my favorite my favorite shotgun is a side by side, and uh, and it it was a twenty gauge. I love the way that feels. I don't mm-hmm. know why. It just has a unique feel to it. Mm. Yeah, I got burned out on hunting when my brother drug me around. You know, my legs were short and I got tired. <laughs> so, that, I my friends, was a rabbit trail. Yes, it yeah, was. It that was. was a rabbit trail. You mean it wasn't the main trail? No, no, okay. not at all. Yep. Uh, okay, the main trail is the point the leader is trying to lead us in. He has notes, he's prepared, and he's taking the group somewhere. So if you want to talk about something, make sure you're helping the leader Go in the direction. Amen. All right. My favorite one is next. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. Number 13, land the plane. And so, um, you know, sometimes the plane can circle the runway time and time again. And so here we go. Sometimes we start talking and don't know how to stop. Landing the plane, that is. <laughs> Practice having one point expressed in two to five sentences and stop once you've made your point, even if the landing wasn't smooth. And I was, as I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, what tool could I give people to help them land the plane? And so once you feel like you've made your point and verbalize it once, and maybe you didn't end with a really strong point, just stop and say, so there. <laughs> I don't know. That's the best advice I could come up with. But what we do sometimes, what people do is they'll go, okay, that really wasn't strong. Let me reword that. And then they wind up coming around three or four times. And I'll, I'll tell you, when people are doing this, I'm going, oh, I heard you the first time. What are you doing? You know, do you think we weren't listening? Do you have to beat it into our brains or yeah. what? You know, you know, the British have a saying, Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle. You never heard that? No, I've never heard that. So it's a, it was actually the name of a store that my wife and I went to, went into in Savannah um, 
you, gosh, years ago. Here I go on a rabbit trail. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the saying is, and there you have it. Okay. And, but it's a unique saying when nobody ever says, Bob's your uncle. I actually have a Uncle Bob. Uh-huh. There's another rabbit trail for you. There you go. Um, but when you say that, that means you're done. And there you have it. Okay. And so it's probably, you know, anecdotal to the whole situation here. But again, the point is, is that make your, make the point that you're trying to make, stay on it, stay on point, um, and then just close it down, even if it is awkward. Mm. This next one can be related. I just called it number 14, details, details. And it says <laughs> this, be aware of what details are necessary for the point you're making. Often we feel the need to give all the background information, which usually isn't necessary. Your honor, so, your honor guilty as charged. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, it, you know, it could be a prayer request when you're saying, I want you to pray for my uncle. Uh, I start to say uncle Bob, you know, <laughs> uncle Bob in Detroit, you know, Detroit, they've had some riots recently. And I heard they have a great baseball stadium. And yeah. in the weather great up there, it's, you know, and yeah. before long, it's like, wait, what are we talking about? Yes. <laughs> you know, so, um, similar to landing the plane, uh, don't give too many details, uh, Really, the point gets lost sometimes when we give too many details about something. Okay, number 15. This is my favorite because I want to encourage people who are slow to jump into conversation. Number 15 says, do jump into the conversation some. Mm. And one of the things I've just realized, Chris, is that our conversation is like Legos. It gives us a chance to connect. You know, for instance, had I never mentioned baseball, you wouldn't know I was a baseball fan, and that would give us something common to talk about. And some people are really content to just sit and listen, but you're not holding out any Legos that allow you to connect with somebody else, you know, if you're really quiet. And so even even better than that, I would not be hosting this podcast with you if you and I had not talked about podcasts one day. Yes, so true. Yeah, yeah. It's so important for you to be able to give in a conversation mm-hmm. and be willing to to almost take off. You know, mm-hmm. we did landing the plane. Right, right. Yeah, good illustration. Take yeah. the plane off and uh, <laughs> and land it. So, <laughs> all right. Um, one yeah. of the things I want to say before we get into the last one is um, just encouraging the leader. In a number of these things, it might feel like we need to be confrontational some of the time. And, and I think to be a good leader, there are some times that we have to either directly or indirectly confront some people's behavior or some conversation going on or, or whatever. You know, and I thought about this, Chris, when, um, when, I, was, when I read Land the Plane, uh, I heard on another book or, con- uh, or book or podcast recently, the guy was talking about, hey, when we have discussion, there are all kinds of ideas that enter, and it's the small group leader's responsibility to make sure that biblical truth is what lands. Mm. And so that's Mm. our responsibility too. And sometimes when other things come in, we direct away from that indirectly or state or just point the group back to, Hey, what does the Bible say about that? You know, that's kind of indirectly helping us get to the truth without being um, harsh with it, just depending on, you know, you and knowing your group and and that type thing. But uh, I want to just say to the leader, Maybe you've never confronted anybody directly or indirectly. You need to have a little bit of that, you know, mm-hmm. to to be a group leader. And so number 16 is resolve conflict. And it says this, we must resolve conflict biblically. When conflict or sin issues arise between us, we want to honor God and each other 
in the way we respond. Scriptures to consider, and then we give a list of scriptures. You know, mainly Matthew 5, Matthew 7, Matthew 18, Colossians 3 um, are really important in how we resolve conflict. And so uh, just helping our group. You know, sometimes the way we model handling conflict is important. You know, we've always heard, you know, if somebody comes to you and complaining about somebody else, you know, hey, have you talked to them about that? You know, that's a thing we don't want to do. But we really want to, to model it for our group members and teach them how to handle conflict. And I don't know about you, but from time to time, you know, there are things that, that arise in our groups that are conflict. And so last time I, I mentioned that, hey, if none of these things work, you know, if you just are in a bad place and and you have a person who's continuing to cause problems in a group, it can really harm the group. And over the years, as I look back, I can see there have been a couple of times that um, – I've really allowed somebody to wreck my group. And uh, I can share this story because it's it's fresh and I don't know who it was. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> I got a report like just two weeks ago that this new person showed up at church and they were very vocal. And I don't know any of the people involved, like I said, but somebody came to the welcome desk immediately after group asking for a list of groups because of that person, you know, just dominating the group. And I tried to find out who it, who it was or what group it was even, and I did not find out. It was when I was out of town. And so, man, people are jumping ship to get away from other people sometimes. And so if, mm. we, don't, if we don't confront that and keep the group conversation healthy, it can be really, really bad for the group. In fact, it, it can be a group killer, as we mentioned earlier. Mm. Um, one phrase I read in a book recently – Chris, that really resonated with me, and it was this. Sometimes people need a support group before they need a small group. In other words, sometimes people aren't spiritually and emotionally healthy enough to be in a small group, so they might need a support group of some sort for a while until they're emotionally healthy and can participate in a healthy way in a small group. And you know, as a small group leader, we're kind of the gatekeeper, and sometimes we need to do the hard job of spotting that and helping find a person to help, and it may be outside of our group. And I'll tell you, if you um, have to talk with somebody, you know, about something individually, you know, the the first conversation might be, you know, just a, a quick word after your small group or something, you know, to help point people in the right direction. Um, if it gets worse from that, schedule a coffee with them, you know, and affirm your love for people, you know, when, when you have to do that. Uh, there was a, there was a guy that, um, I don't know how to say this. I started to say kicked out of our group, but I mean, that's what it was. But, you know, I got to a point at, at, at one point, a couple of years ago, I'd ask a gentleman to, um, Hey, this is not working, <laughs> you know, but that came after, a year of discussions with him. Mm-hmm. It came after two different times that we scheduled a meal with him. And there was a time that there were two of us involved, two other, you know, me and someone else sat down who both had insight to share with that before it was finally just, this is just not going to work, you know? And so, um, um, one of the things I, I told Chris before the podcast is that, um, had a discussion with, um, with a group leader recently who has apparently experienced a problem like that. And he said, Jay, I wish I'd had this conversation with you, you know, three or four years ago, because it would have saved me a lot of grief. 
and I wouldn't have resigned from being a small group leader. I, I, I would have corrected the problem and, and not allowed it to just kill me and our group. And yeah. so, uh, you know, another way to look at this and, and, and say that is that the health of the group is more important than the health of any one individual. And so, um, you know, we, we don't need to let an individual kill the group. So, well, you know, and it goes back to why conversations in our groups are so important because we're learning about each other. Mm-hmm. We, we start to understand where each other are coming from. Um, and in some cases, people going for, go from just being members in your group to actually sharing something they've been suffering with for a long time, whether it's a sin they can't overcome or, mm-hmm. or even if it's a, they're going through a very challenging, difficult foster or adoption process they need to be with other families that are going through that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a an awesome gentleman who is an anomaly to all of this, but there are situ- in my group, there are situations, though, where there's a divorce that has taken place. Mm-hmm. Um, and a that, you know, in, in Anthony's case, and he, he knows I love him and it doesn't mind me mentioning his name, he is in a good place. Mm-hmm. But somebody else that is single from a new divorce that is in a group with other married couples might not feel comfortable there and you need to be willing to discern that and address that and say, I love you. We need to get you into a support group that can walk you through, walk alongside you with the things you're suffering with right now. We're still here for you. You're still a part of our family. Yes. But if there is a scheduling conflict, you need to be there instead of here. You know what I mean? Otherwise let's make sure you're taken care of. Yes. Another fear I have in saying this is that um, some of you guys are going to go, Oh, Okay, who in my group do I need to kick out? You know? <laughs> no, that's not. So that's not the way to look at it. <laughs> nope. You'll know, you know. But, um, you know, I've I've been leading small groups for, I think, 35 years. And, you know, jokingly, I'll say I've done this one and a half times. You know, one that half was kind of, okay, was it me or was it them? It was a little bit of both going, hey, okay, this is not working, you know, kind of thing. And um, I don't know who said it first, but we, we parted ways. That was more of a breakup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um you know, it, it, they're probably twice more. I should have done it. So let's just say, Hey, once every 10 years, it might be, you need to do that. Don't go looking <laughs> for the person that, that you need to remove from your, from your group. But there are sometimes, you know, if people are visiting the small groups desk, asking for a new group, it may be time, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's time for you to lead and you want to lead well before you get to that point. And sometimes you may get to that point. So, yeah, it's critical to be observant. Yes. To, to look for how others are responding. Man, I feel like we're going to end the podcast on a really down note like that. Like, Chris, what can we say positive to, uh, put, to put a good ending on this? I love my small group. There you go. Hey, I love, <laughs> I love both of my small groups. So, you know, um, I, I will I, say, I will say this. Um, one of the things that I have loved about uh, my men's small group on Friday mornings um, is as we've been walking through this document the past two weeks, um, I love to, 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 just relive some of the stories of how some of the guys in our group um, have really just come out of their shell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can even think back to, uh, to a young guy that I love dearly that he used to sit very quietly in small group and um, he and his wife would both be very quiet and they just, that's just how they were. They didn't like mm-hmm. to speak up a whole lot. You know, he's now a small group leader. Wow. You know, he now serves um, and he's, he's just so awesome because he, was encouraged to pray mm-hmm. openly in front of everyone's and he was encouraged to share and, and his small group leader was great at just reminding him to, Hey, why don't you tell us what's going on, man? 
Right. Um, and it's just, it's fun to watch people grow because mm-hmm. um, you will grow in that same process. Mm. Yeah. I had, um, I've told you guys before when somebody's new in my group, we'll get together and I just really love to hear their spiritual story and, and get to know them, what their hobbies are. It, it just, it's really so helpful for as a, as a leader to know them better. And um, Liz and I had dinner with a couple this past week and they were talking about how warmly they were received by our group. And I was just loving you know, hearing that, and she was naming names of people that had really made sure they had conversation with her. And I'm thinking, if she's naming names of the people that went out of their way to talk to her, she noticed. I mean, it yeah. was huge, yeah. you know. And so um, one other interesting thing that, that she said is she just mentioned eye contact as well. Hmm. And we were talking about nonverbal communication, but – and then I'm, thought, I'm thinking later processing that, for her to mention the eye contact – you know, I, I guess I'm just remembering Genesis, you know, 16, uh, you know, you're the God who sees me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we need to to be the eyes of God and, and, and see people, you know. And so that's, that's something that's so important. And so um, eye contact, speaking a word to people, encouraging them, creating some space for them in small group, all of these conversational things are so very important. And so we encourage you to make space for people and guide conversations well. Speaking of encouraging, we just hit a milestone, by the way. You said dinner together, and it made me think about something that we just did recently. We celebrated. Do you want to say it? I think we did on a podcast a couple oh, of weeks we? ago. Oh, there are, <laughs> but knows. They knew we hit 5,000 downloads, but I said it. But we celebrated by going to Perry's Restaurant and having a huge pork chop. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I had uh, two more meals out of mine after I, after I got home. It was big. Yeah. This, these pork chops are so big, they have multiple bones in them. Yes. yes. <laughs> so good stuff. So, yeah. So good. So, so we're encouraged by all the uh, the listeners that we have. So, yes. And uh, Perry's our new sponsor since we're mentioning them, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wish. Yeah. This is a nonprofit <laughs> podcast. So. There's no sponsorship. <laughs> oh, man. So well, we better sign off with that. Chris, it's been yep. great. Absolutely. All right. See you guys next time. Well, that's all for this episode of the Great Groups Podcast. Please do subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you won't miss the next episode. Also, visit us online at greatgroups.org and leave a comment there. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening today. We'll be back next time with a conversation that inspires you to make disciples. And that's the point of great groups. Make disciples.